Hello everyone, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to the MatchNet podcast. Today we are here with Andrea Kuhn, um, together in person actually, in this great opportunity to be uh, together to talk a little bit about um, the things that she has been doing and she's going to be doing. But yeah, before the topic that can be a little bit sad, uh, break, um, blessing the solutions, right? We want to hear a little bit. I, I imagine that so many people are wondering, what is Andrea doing now? When now that <laughs> Karina is taking the director role, so yeah, we would okay. like to hear from that. Yeah, hi everyone. Thank you for having me, Karina. Yeah, Karina and I live in the same city, so we actually get to do this together in person, which is kind of fun. Um, so since Karina became the director, um, I'm taking care basically of families. So. Um, Part of that is blessing dissolutions, um, but I'm also here to help in any kind of family crisis situation or challenges that people are facing, either in parent-child relationship or between each other. So that's kind of my main role. And I have a second role too. Um, so that's, um, I'm the matching supporter coordinator for USA. So I'm supporting all the matching supporters who are taking care of others and also connecting to other continents, other countries to support international matches. So yeah, that's my two main roles for now. And you're doing intergenerational uh, oh, yes. uh, guidance, right? <laughs> yes. So I'm also here to support any intergenerational couples, whether um, both from the USA or international intergenerational matches too. So yeah, they're my three areas, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and of course, she's uh, still guiding me on all the things that I don't know and all the mistakes I make. So uh, she's still uh, there guiding uh, every step uh, until I can fly. <laughs> oh, she's already starting to fly. <laughs> I think we're a good team together. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, really. Um, yeah, so she's going to still be on the team, so you're not going to miss her uh, so much. And I hope we can have several conversations in the podcast together. So we want to talk about blessing the solution from the point of view of how to prevent them, uh, not to encourage them. But uh, what is the general process that someone, a couple needs to take or make in order to resolve their blessing? Yeah. So obviously, um, when people decide to dissolve the blessing, they're already struggling a lot. There's many situations. So I don't know if people remember, but when you got blessed, you actually signed something called the intentional year form. Um, so that was a commitment that when you are struggling, you are going to invest at least one year to try to resolve the issues. So that doesn't mean struggle on your own. <laughs> That's exactly the point when people should reach out. We have a lot of professional counselors and we really want to try to help people before they get into a situation where there is no return, mm. when things became too difficult. So that's the first step. So during that year, we have a lot of materials, things to work through, and like I said, professional counselors. So if that really doesn't work, and sometimes it doesn't, sometimes there are just things that can't be repaired, then the, um, the first step actually is to go to their local pastor in their community. So if you're living together, that means both of you going together to the same pastor. Maybe you didn't even manage to yet move together. So each person goes to their pastor wherever they're living and you fill out a form called a um, dissolution request form. That's something you fill out yourself and your pastor just reads it and signs. But there's a second form that the pastor then fills in and sends to us. So it's kind of saying that he gave you guidance and counseling and support and he also feels 
there's not much you can do anymore in this case. So once I receive those papers, then um, I will interview each couple separately. So the purpose of this interview is to help you. We, we want to just make sure that you're well taken care of. For some people, that might mean just having some conversations with me. For other people, maybe you are in a really difficult situation. You need some counseling or other care. If you already had children, then we need to take care of the children as well. How can we support them? And of course, once your blessing is dissolved, how can we support you to receive the blessing again one day? So that's what the interview is about. It's not questioning what did you do wrong or why do you have a problem? It's how can we help you move forward in your life, whatever that means. Um, mm. So that's the basic process that everybody goes through. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah, thank you for doing that. It sounds like it's, it's a necessary process for couples to make this decision consciously and not uh, just because of the moment or strong emotions. I I know couples that went through that process um, and in the process they decide, you know what, actually we can work on this and they uh, don't, don't dissolve their blessing, right? They continue and then realize that there, yeah, there are struggles and it's hard to imagine to to know and notice what are things that um, they can be solved and what are things that requires a blessing, the solution, right? Um, I don't know if you have already some comments about that. I know that they're not in the questions, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, I think it's really true. When, when it's just the two of you, it's very difficult sometimes to have a realistic view of what's going on. And so that's why it is good to always reach out to other people. You know, sometimes it's enough to talk to your best friend or, you know, it might even be your parents. But, you know, in any case, a professional can always help you kind of step out of the problem and try to see it as how an outsider would see it. You know, and you might recognize things in yourself that actually you are doing wrong. Maybe you're triggering your spouse in the same way every time, but you didn't realize it. And that person then maybe realizes actually, I'm triggered because my mom did exactly the same thing as she's doing, you know, and then, and then it becomes easy to, to work on these things. So it, it is, I just always encourage everybody, don't sit on a problem by yourself, always reach out very early in a relationship when something goes wrong. Mm. Yeah. Um, so what are the main reasons why people come to saying, hey, we want to break our blessing, we want to dissolve our blessing because this and this and that. What are like one of the main reasons for it? So I've thought about this quite a lot. And um, I think the first and actually the biggest thing, because it's something that we can change ourselves, is that people went into the blessing actually not yet kind of prepared and mature enough themselves. That I would say is for young people, especially the biggest one, but even sometimes for older people, you know, like the, um, people can be dealing with a lot of baggage, either from their childhood, things that they experienced, maybe problems with their parents. So you have to work on yourself first. You have to be really solid in your life of faith, what it means for you, what you want, kind of in your relationship with God, how you want your family's connection to the church to be. I think you need to be very clear about this yourself first. You also kind of you have to be confident in yourself. You actually have mm. to really love yourself. And, and I think there are some people who feel not very lovable, 
but they feel that their future spouse will fix that for them. Mm. You know what I mean? So don't go into a blessing thinking my spouse will fix things or this will make my life easier or better. I think you have to be really loving yourself, very comfortable in your faith. You don't have to have everything figured out. That's for sure. It doesn't matter really if you don't know yet what your career is going to be or studying, but you have to kind of have your internal feeling very solid and you're at least recognizing and working on the issues that you have as a person. Nobody else is going to fix you except yourself. Mm. Yeah. So that's the biggest one, I think. Or at least I feel it's the most important because you can do something about that. And the second one that I noticed, um, and it's often international couples, it's that they didn't spend like enough intense time getting to know each other and really making sure they fit with each other. Um, So it it doesn't just mean that you visited each other, but I do think that's very, very important. I think it's important that people see the other person in their family, see how do they interact with their siblings, with their friends, you know, and the thing, if it's possible, I even say, go go, like do a workshop together or, or go support an event together you really start to see how that other person relates with others it gives you a good insight but the other part is also taking a lot of time to ask questions and to start a life of faith together do some conditions together read and study and just really discuss you know Mm. what are we believing in even though we're in the same church Mm. belief can be very different for people and um yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm really surprised some of the cases who've come to me that they, they didn't even kind of discuss where are we going to live together or how do we want to live? Do we want to live with our parents or not? Or do we want to live in a completely different country where neither of us is from? And, um, you know, these are important issues, you know, or do we want to really be full-time dedicated to the church or do we want to have kind of be established in society and have influence in that way so these are key points that people need to discuss and yeah to really be sure yourself and everybody has you know some red flags something Mm. that you know is very difficult for them or that they feel they cannot handle and so you shouldn't ignore that when you're in a matching process um Mm. you know if something comes up and it disturbs you you need to really address it and not just say okay we'll figure it out it will be resolved you know Mm. because some people say they don't want children and people feel like oh it's okay when they're 30 it's going to be okay and they'll want children but actually that's a point that happens and people hit 30 and they don't want children. And so then the other person is really struggling with that. So, mm. yeah, it's important to really take time and really discuss a lot of things. Wow. Mm. It sounds like uh, things happen in, in different levels. Uh, one of the, the main reasons is like one, the individual is not really sure about their own faith. And I have heard so many cases that they connect the blessing with their faith. And then since their faith is not very strong, they're like, they change their faith. And then there's like, but why am I with this person? I, there's not, there's no connection anymore with, for me to do this. Right. And it's like, okay, you know what? I actually don't consider myself unificationist and I want to break this blessing. Right. Uh, and that's a lack of um, personal kind of clarity in their own faith and in their own like future and what they want for their life right and then the other case is when they go both 
oh yeah, let's go to the blessing, uh, even though either for the pressure of the parents or even though they haven't met each other so much uh, and they haven't spent too much time together. And then one, after the blessing, there's like, oh, we have a whole life to kind of get to know each other. And then it's true, they have a whole life and you're, there's no way uh, you can know someone 100%, right? There's, there's no way. But uh, there are certain key things that maybe you didn't consider that to ask or to question in during the matching process. Like after the blessing, you're like, oh, I actually, this is a, a, a no for me, right? Like this is a red flag or this is something that I cannot handle, right? And that's why I think we are in the blessing department. We always <clears throat> suggest to during the matching process to have a full disclosure mm-hmm. of everything from the past and anything that they think uh, they could it could affect their blessings, right? Uh, but I wonder if there's a third uh, reason that the uh, couples break or dissolve and is after that phase, so after they're clear, clear, clear with their faith, after they're clear with each other, but then children comes <laughs> and I have only one child and I have noticed how children uh, really adds a stress in the couple and it it's almost like almost restarting again um, as a couple getting to know each other from a different perspective mm-hmm. um, I wonder how how you see that uh, during that phase where children are young couples are very stressed and that's another category that could happen uh, where couples are more susceptible to consider uh, dissolve their blessing, mm. right? I actually have never had a case where people have dissolved their blessing when the children are young, but it has happened when they're older. Um, I think, yes, have, having children changes your relationship completely. And um, I think everybody should become very aware of that that once you have children, you absolutely need to protect your marriage. Like no matter how much you love this little being and want to spend your time with them and do everything for them, you have to have a time without them for your spouse. And I think this is one of the key points. Um, that's why I said blessings don't usually break when the children are small, but they make break when the children are 10 years old. Mm. Because for years and years and years, you didn't invest in your partner. You know, you, you never had regular dates you never managed like a little weekend break without your kids or something to really keep your marriage fresh and let that person know you know you still really love them you're really important your friends you can have fun together and you know like the children are not the glue in your relationship you need a different kind of glue between you as well um so yeah I think that is really really important the other side of it is I think when people have children it's also a reason that they stay together Mm-hmm. Um, so it, so it can help in that way that you feel like because we have children, we have to fix this marriage. So mm-hmm. people might get a little bit to a crisis point, but because they love their children, they might work harder on the relationship. But I honestly think the biggest thing is just keeping that investment, no matter what, even if you have seven kids, you still have to find that time to be a couple by yourself sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's good to know that. It, it can happen, but usually it tends to happen when children are already 10 and mm-hmm. it's already a point where, um, yeah, I guess people usually go to you mm-hmm. 
when there's no hope anymore, where they're like already decided, right? Yeah, that's the sad thing, actually. <laughs> this is one of the things I actually hope through this podcast that people will realize it's really good to come for help in the beginning mm. or it's really good to do preventative work, you know, because it's true. I would say 90% of the people who come to me already made up their mind that mm. there's nothing to do anymore. But if I think if people came really early, you know, like when you're struggling in your marriage, when you have a small baby, there's so much that you can do. Um, I was talking to Sang Mi Holderson last week and she said she did a study. Her thesis was about divorce in our church. And um, basically she said marriage counseling doesn't work. <laughs> um, mm. But I think does it not work because people come way too late and that's what I actually think if people come really early I think there is a lot of chances you know I mean people can go for years and years and years just kind of living apart you know that you're in the same house but you're losing more and more touch with each other and you know that that's when it happens that there's some kind of infidelity or suddenly some kind of abuse happens. It's years of neglect. It doesn't happen kind of just suddenly when there was nothing. So mm. I, I think, you know, you really have to, from the day you're blessed, always know you have to take care of the marriage, you know, and you have to invest. It's just like you take care of your body, right? If you if you never exercise and you eat really bad, once you're obese, it's going to be really hard mm. to, to lose the weight to get fit. Mm -hmm. But if you, from when you're young, you eat healthy, you do exercise, you're never going to get obese. Mm. So it's kind of, if, it, if that makes it simpler to understand, from yeah. day one, you have a plan. How mm. are you going to care for it? Or if you gain, like, let's say five kilos or even 10 kilos, it's mm. easier to lose. Oh, sorry, we're <laughs> North American, US and... <laughs> Talking on kilos, I should talk on pounds, but let's say you gain 10 pounds or 20 pounds, they're easier to lose uh, mm -hmm. than trying to lose in one set uh, 50 pounds. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, so this is very interesting because the other day we met with some friends and uh, this couple tell us that they were doing marriage counseling. And I was like, oh, very interesting. Um and I asked Robert later, like, so when do you think we should consider marriage counseling? Like, wh at what point, right? And, like, as many men, they were like, the moment we st we stop joking about... Uh, the moment we stop laughing about each other's jokes, then we should consider marriage counseling, you know? Like, <laughs> it's not for us, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. But I... I still have that question because um, I wonder like when when what are like some some signs or some uh, points where you're like okay maybe we should consider marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. um, I think anytime either of you is kind of feeling lonely in the relationship and and that that happens you're living together in a busy house and still that person might feel lonely. You know, because that's kind of a point that you actually don't feel you have someone that you can share your heart with. So maybe you're talking a lot with your spouse, but it's very superficial. So inside, there's kind of this lonely feeling. Um, and I think an another thing is if you're kind of bickering, you know, like small things every day just kind of irritates each other. Because there are things that can be solved quickly if, if you, you know, just get a different perspective on it. Um you know, and, and the other thing is, I guess, you know, if, if you're feeling a lot of anger inside, 
you know, and it, it also, it's good to know and understand your own childhood. Mm. You know, a, a lot of people, especially first gen, you know, we come from all different backgrounds. People maybe experienced violence in their family or different kind of addictions and abuse, that kind of thing. So, you know, you need to heal yourself, your past, um, because these things pass on to, to from generations to mm. another. I mean, a very typical thing is you always say you don't want to behave like your parents when you grow up and you have kids. But when you're stressed, you tend to fall, fall in the same pattern unless you became aware and really consciously try to change your way. So, you know, it's uh, some people, I think, if you have that kind of background, then you, it's sensible to know I'm going to need some help to make sure that I grow and heal and are able to be a good partner. Mm. Yeah. That uh, made me think that it's not only about marriage counseling, mm. but it's about each person working on themselves as well, yeah. right? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do remember after getting married, I got so triggered, mm-hmm. so triggered because, of course, like they, I feel um, if you... If you haven't done the marriage course, I highly recommend doing the marriage course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's one episode where they say uh, about healing and how uh, there are pain from the past that they are healed in the marriage, right? That doesn't mean that your spouse should like is responsible to fix you, but you get the opportunity based on these new triggers to go back and look at yourself. So actually, because of the amount of triggers that I was having, I started therapy and I learned so much about myself and that really helped and changed a lot of things, right? So um, yeah, I what you're just sharing is like, yeah, sometimes it's, it's not, of course, marriage counseling helps, mm-hmm. but both parties should as well keep working and like learning about themselves and that will help as well in the marriage right yeah oh de- i mean you definitely don't just need counseling like you said the marriage course being proactive um doing courses i mean my, my husband and i we used to we lived in germany back then and we did a course called keeping parents strong you know mm-hmm. so so it was also looking at how do you want to raise your kids you know get united on that vision of how you're going to do things part of it was also taking care of your own kind of romantic life your blessing you know a lot of the things high noon talks about and the third point was like having a vision Hmm. for every stage of your life what do you want to achieve while your kids are young what do you want to do when your kids move out of the house so we were talking about this already when my kids were three years old we already knew what we want to do long term and you know just sharing that together and it really helped us kind of always keep excited about the future and not get you know bogged down by the things that happen when you have a bunch of little kids you don't get much free time and yeah so it's it's not necessarily just counseling it's always just being proactive or even just reading books and discussing them together but mm. always getting something new and fresh oh we need to talk with Catherine about that course <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keeping parents strong that's good mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah thank you so much uh, I, I would like to move the conversation for our single folks here mm-hmm. because most of mm-hmm. our audience are single uh what what they can do before the matching and even during the matching process Mm -hmm. to prevent getting into a blessing that has high risk of uh, Mm -hmm. breaking. Yeah. Okay. I I think the very first thing, again, it's coming back to this working on yourself. It's um, 
I really suggest spending maybe even a year before you enter into the matching process to really, you know, start to journal and, and write things, you know, how do you envision a marriage? Um, what do you think it takes to be able to live with somebody 24-7 for all eternity, you know, um, and to, to look at your parents' relationship and, and try to look for models of people that you think have a great marriage and talk to them, ask them, you know, how they got there, what they did. And um, if you have some problems, you know, like in your relationship with your parents, then try to work it out and figure it out. What can you change in yourself? Definitely spend a lot of time on your life of faith, praying, studying true parents' words, maybe more than you did as a younger person. Um, and I don't mean just reading them, but actually really thinking about them. You know, and there's maybe sometimes things that you feel like, I really don't know if I agree with that, what True Father's saying, or, or why did he say that? And, you know, just really try to become very secure in what you believe in, that, that, you, that your faith becomes your own. Don't do it because of your parents or because your older brother already got blessed or something like that. But it has to really, you have to be very sure it's your desire. So then once you have that step, I think it's, it is very important to become a candidate. I think... You know, I know many people don't want to do this kind of process straight away, but it actually helps you. When, when you um, have a blessing interview, you know, you're really looking back at everything in your life and it's a completely new start. That, that is, you know, you know, Father said that, you know, he was like the lawyer when he took our confessions and interview and that, you know, from then it's, it's, like, it's like we're born again. It's your completely new beginning and it can be very liberating. You can feel very free and new and it's a good place to start. And then, of course, it's important to do blessing workshops. I think it's just helping you to understand very clearly what's coming to you. What do I need to do? How can I prepare? And then talking with your parents, because especially for second gen, your parents are involved in your matching. They're going to help you find someone you, and you need to get on the same page. So we have the matching plan. We always recommend parents write it out by yourself, the child write it out by themselves, and then you talk together. Because sometimes then you'll see, oh my goodness, we had completely different ideas how this is going to go. So you need to figure it out as a family, that there's trust and open communication between you. So I think that all you need to do before you start. And then... Once you get to the matching process, if you want to have an international match, especially I really recommend having a matching supporter because they, they often meet in different countries. They talk to matching supporters there. They can help you find people and then they can also help you explain some of the differences in different countries, you know, the expectations. So everybody's on the same page because sometimes there's just confusion because... Yeah, in oh, Europe, gosh. something's a little bit different or something's culturally different, but it's not a big problem. It's just a case of understanding each other, right? mm. <laughs> where each other's coming from. Um, yeah, so once you're in the matching process, um, we have the questions in the matching handbook, but I also recommend um, going through a question, a little booklet called 101 Questions to Ask Before You Get Engaged. So it's not from our church. It's a Christian book, but it's very, it covers very practical topics like money, how you're going to manage that, but also spiritual things. Um, I think that's a good place to start. And um, I do recommend meeting in person. I, I know that in COVID, there were some 
couples who risk to go to the blessing without even meeting each other. But I think this helps you understand so much who a person is to see them in their environment. Ideally, even both partners would visit each other's country and parents, siblings, that kind of thing. So we cannot control people uh, and we cannot control how they change. And this creates uncertainty and uncertainty. It really frees a lot of people when they need to decide if to go to the blessing or not with this person, right? Um, how, what, like, I guess there is a point there where you can do anything and everything to prevent, uh, but the possibility is always there. And that's where you cannot, there's no way to prevent a hundred percent. And there's, and it, even people who have done everything right, they ended up with a broken blessing, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestion or feeling for people to not feel so afraid and for have a space where it will be okay if for some reason even if i did my hundred percent our blessing uh, dissolves yeah that's a very difficult question because it's too none of us have a guarantee in life mm. <laughs> um, basically for anything you know there's many kind of unknowns in our life and things that we can't control um i think that's that's where faith comes in that you know things might happen and i might end up being a person with a broken blessing and there was nothing i could have done to change that situation but then to be able to trust that heavenly parent still has a plan for me and that maybe this has happened to me because of something my ancestors did, something that needs to be restored. But there's still, it's going to be okay because heavenly parents loves me. Heavenly parents, in the end, everything is in his hands and it is going to be okay. You know, I mean, I, th I think that's, you know, I think that's been the same for everybody throughout history. You know, even Heavenly Parents, he took a risk when he created Adam and Eve with mm. their free will. I think he knew this is really risky because I'm not controlling it anymore. That's true. You know, but, you know, like if, if we everything we learn from true parents, you know, God has his will. The will is absolute. And so it will all be okay in the end it's it takes our part so so that's at least for me I always feel no matter what happens in my life if if I can just offer it and trust you know heavenly parents is loves me and it's going to work out in the end yeah but it is very difficult and there are many people whose blessing broke you know and it really wasn't their fault I mean that you know some terrible things happen and people you know They cheat on you and you don't know what happened in their ancestry, why this is going on or there's some kind of abuse happens. But it's often because that person has so much themselves, so much baggage and burden, you know, so, so I always try to encourage people to be able to forgive that person and let go because that's the only way they will be able to move forward to a re-blessing in the future and to see it not just as that person but as kind of a spiritual burden, ancestors, things that they are just carrying and not able to manage at that time. So, yeah, it, I, I feel a lot of compassion for people who have a broken blessing. And I heard that some people felt that 
if if their blessings broken they can never get blessed again that that's absolutely not true heavenly parents would never ever block somebody or, or say okay you had your chance there's always second chance third chance fourth chance you know like that's just heavenly parent he's never going to give up on you so so i really want to encourage people there may be people out there who have a broken blessing and didn't even try again so yeah, please, please don't ever think that way that Heavenly Parents only gave you one chance. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so if you are in that place when needed to make the decision, just do your best. Uh, there are things that we can prevent. There are things that we should learn right from the other person, questions that we can ask, and uh, we can just do our best. But there's, was, there's not going to ever be a hundred percent right and we just need to trust trust that God wants us happy and there's something that happens in our life that is preventing for our deep eternal happiness then God will be there right and he will guide us to that eternal happiness because he loves us uh each one of us even those who make mistakes right there there is a path for them um and yeah if you're struggling uh, as well like one of main things now you're talking about um, partners that had an, an affair right if you're struggling with pornography or masturbation it's really important to work at it as much as possible when before the blessing they're not gonna be fixed and those kind of things after the blessing can like lead people to bigger um push right like uh having an affair so uh really will be really important to work on those things but as again um there's no way a hundred percent so we're here to support you to help you make the best decision and and to support you doesn't matter when and how right so yeah do you have any kind of closing words uh on the topic yeah um so I think the first thing, because we're trying to talk about preventing things, is to um, really take good care of yourself, lo love yourself, see yourself from heavenly parents' perspective, so that you're kind of already taken care of. Try to see your partner in the same way as God's child, even when they're being very difficult. And um, for, for those who are struggling in their blessing, please reach out very early. Mm. Don't, don't wait. That There are many solutions and there's a lot of support to help you. And even if you reach that point now where your blessing doesn't work anymore, there is nothing to save it. Please know that Heavenly Parents really loves you. He has a vision for you. He has an eternal partner prepared for you. So, so you just have to get the care and support you need and go through this difficult dissolution. And there is a path forward for you after that will end in happiness <laughs> thank okay. you andrea yeah. I, I hope to have many more conversations like this if you like having andrea in the podcast please post it on on uh, social media send us a message and we can make it sure that she's at least a couple times a month <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah it's fun to be together and do this thank you very much for having me yeah for sure thank you thank you everyone have Thanks. a great day bye bye, bye.